8.16. And during the centennial anniversary of the March 1st independence movement, President Moon Jae-in laid out a, a grandiose vision for a new Korean peninsula regime. In two months, the Moon administration will be heading into its third year, though. And have we focused far too much, in a sense, on, on North Korea and not so much or not enough on genomics, which some critics would say lost steam and direction or perhaps lacked those in the first place. Professor Shin Se-dong from the Division of Economics at Sung-myung Women's University joins us here in the studio for further discussion. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. I mean, it's understandable that there have been times where North Korea justifiably draws headlines. The Hanoi summit last week would have been one of those times. But... It all looked rather over-optimistic in, in hindsight when we saw a no-deal summit. What, what do you make of that? Well, everybody, especially on the peninsula, believed that there, there's going to be a kind of a you know, deal between uh, U.S. and North Korea. But it was pretty surprising because U.S. Uh, ran out of the talks. And uh, I, I thought about why United States has decided to not to uh, break a deal. I think they believe that the sanctions so far has been working. And that the longer they push the sanctions upon North Korea, uh, they believe that you know, North Korea would have to come with the drastic kind of a resolution uh, about the denuclearization. And second thing I think uh, is uh, internal issue that just brought up, you know, when the time of the negotiation. That means, I mean, the Michael Cohen, you know, kind of testimony on the Congress. So uh, I think United States has believed that, you know, having a deal at this time is strategically not a good time because the President uh, uh, Trump is is in the midst of, you know, kind of a domestic turmoil. So I think they postponed it a little bit to dramatize the deal for the later kind of time. So uh, uh, in, in summary, I should say it was surprising, not, you know, North Korea, but I think the United States decision to, you know, break the deal uh, amount. Well, it's certainly a bold claim that the Trump administration would put off a deal because of domestic factors. But of course, we do know Trump has this America fast stance. And we've seen that with his protectionist policies in the economy. How much of our own economic situation has been influenced by that versus um, what's happening at home? Well, you know, the current administration is having a lot of hope, you know, in in yeah, the negotiation between the North and the United States, but the many economists are quite skeptical about the kind of economic consequences of the, you know, the deal between the two sides. Because, uh, because um, even though uh, North and the United States has come up with kind of a deal and economic cooperation uh, emerge, you know, there is very little for Korean to kind of uh, uh, reap the full benefits of the economic cooperation because uh, China is also wanting to involve the United States and the Western kind of capitals wanted to involve in, in the deals uh, and Russia, of course, too. So uh, even though, you know, there's a kind of a deal between the no North and the United States, economic consequences, uh, especially for the South, I think is very limited. And, and, and on the other side, we have, to put a, we have to spend a lot of money, you know, for the development of North Korea in terms of infrastructure, providing you know, kind of a medical and the social you know, kind of a benefits to the people on the North. So uh, economically, you know, best benefits and costs, uh, uh, I think the 
effect will be very long-term one rather than uh, a short-term one. Well, certainly the economic slowdown, regardless of its factors, have not helped the country's employment rate, which is often tied very closely to a a government's perception Mm -hmm. of success. Mm -hmm. What's your take then on on genomics with regard to job policies? Well, definitely, you know, last year, job performance is one of the worst uh, in, in more than a couple of decades. And, uh, and uh, there are two sides. One is long-term, long-term causes for that, and, and, and the other one is the short-term causes. So long-term causes, I mean, the Korean industry has been losing competitiveness for a long time, mm. more than two decades, you know, since the early 2000s. And another aspect is liberalization. Because of the liberalization, there are some industries who could benefit from the liberalization. But on the other hand, there will be a lot of industries, you know, losing kind of uh, competitiveness because of the liberalization, mostly SME-related to manufacturing. So that's a long, long-term causes of, of the uh, slowdown in economy and the poor performances and unemployment. And there's another short-term causes here, I think, a trade war between the United States and China that has a direct effect upon the Chinese trade, and that has consequent effects upon Korean trade. And another one is domestic policy, especially the policy about the wage and policy about the labor relations, uh, policy about the 52-hour you know, work weeks uh, problem. Those kind of uh, drastic change in the labor policies under uh, Moon Jae-in government has, has a devastating effect upon, upon the job market and employment. So, so is it wrong that the government's created two different committees, one setting the range of the minimum wage hike and the other making a final decision? Or is it is it right to separate those? Well, I think the formality is not the real issue over here. You know, government, I think, wants to kind of evade the responsibility because the key problem with the you know, traditional method of the committee is the public representative, which is about the one third, and mostly the wage minimum wage was determined by the public representative, and uh, and the key issue is you know either side, I mean the labor side or the, the the business side, do not have a full trust in the public representative. So key issue is how to build up you know public trust on the public representative. Just dividing into two separate committee is not a real solution to the problem, I think. And what we've seen with this steep rise, as I think we've been reflecting partially at least already, is is this clash between those who are self-employed or or small-sized business owners and and their workers, the minimum wage earners in some cases. What is this a, a natural struggle or, or should there be a way to to introduce a, a more nuanced minimum wage policy that protects smaller businesses? Well, we have to agree that. We have to agree that the small businesses, about the 6 million small businesses, has been losing competitive because of lack of capital, because of lack of skill, because of lack of you know, information. And, and above all, you know, the size is too small. So, uh, uh, so the problem of, you know, a kind of a structural uh, uh, problems with SMEs. So the SMEs have been struggling for a long time. And the government, all of a sudden, you know, because of their kind of... Uh, uh, 
uh, uh, philosophy to provide the higher wages, they adopted the minimum wage uh, hike 2017 and 2018, altogether about 30, 30%. And that makes uh, competitiveness of small businesses a lot uh, worse than, you know, uh, to, to survive. So that's why so many, you know, small businesses has, has shut down, uh, uh, you know, reduced the size of their businesses and consequently a lot of unemployment or a reduction in the working hour has resulted. So uh, I think the timing was too fast and too early because the government did not consider the situations that SMEs has been facing, especially under, you know, Bakunye later Bakunye years 2015 and 2016. So economy has been slowing down very drastically uh, after 2015. And the timing was really wrong, you know, f- for the government to adopt the minimum wage so drastic. Understand. And I, I mean, it's something that I hear repeated many times. I just feel, Professor Shin, for those workers who've been struggling for so long. Mm-hmm. And, and for them, yeah, this might have been a big jump, but it was long overdue, they, they'd probably feel. And yeah. they, they, they were struggling to, to buy things for their families or for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, amid all these problems, the government's calling for a shift to the fourth industrial revolution style sharing economy. Let's, let's shift our focus there for a bit, because okay. uh, it's causing further conflict. Is it something that you support? Well, you know, forced industrial revolution is a kind of a broad issue, right? And uh, many countries have adopted, uh, uh, you know, their own kind of styles or their methods of introducing a fourth industrial revolution into their economy. Korea is a little bit too late, I think. So uh, we have to adopt the industrial revolution of the fourth kind. Uh, 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 We should have we should have adopted a little earlier. So uh, I believe it's a, a little too late. And, um, but we have to understand that, you know, the, the, the industrial process is a very long one. It's going to take a, probably decades. So, uh, so a uh, decade long slow process of fourth industrial revolution is one side. And the kind of, uh, you know, the, the problem emerging in the taxi industry is, is another one. Yeah. yeah. Government has to, you know, government has, should not side with either side. Government should not side with the either taxi industry or to the other kind of innovative, you know, tax service industry. So a government has to be try to mediate, you know, the conflict of interest between the two groups. But um, government was very, uh, m- uh, you know, unclear whether they support the tax industry or the new kind of technology. And that's why, you know, tax industry is so upset about the government position. And also, you know, new kind of a venture uh, uh, kind of uh, projects like a Tata or, you know, other uh, competing uh, uh, in the tax service industry is so upset about the government. So the government should try to mediate. And I think solution is the traditional tax industry has to involve, has to cooperate in the venture of a new kind of a tax services. And so uh, they have to survive. Uh, they have to cooperate in order to survive uh, 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 and uh, adopt new technologies, con- contradicting kind of, uh, you know, struggle between the two industries or two kind of uh, entities is not going to be beneficial to, to no one. Well, we saw it coming a few years ago, Professor Shin, when, when Uber tried and sort of failed to gain a major foothold in this market. And, and, and we see this occasionally, global trends failing here because of this domestic interest. But then when it's a domestic mm-hmm. 
innovation. Right. As you say, the government's in a very tricky position. We, we are out of time, but you're calling for the government to be more reasonable, more of a mediator. And it's always a pleasure to have you with us uh, today mm-hmm. in the studio. We hope to have you again sometime. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. Professor Shin Sedon, actually Professor Emeritus from Sung Myung Women's University. And this morning continues next.